This is the issue of Nintendo Power that covers the game with falling blocks. This sold well, you think you could tell that all the cash would be going to Fort Knox. But we know it didn't get that far. It all went to the USSR. <laughs> this is the ninth playing with power show, and it is hosted by Mike and Ben. Now it's time to break from the song because we all know that it will never end. Hi, welcome to the issue uh, nine of the Playing with Power podcast. That is, we're doing live mixing now, so <laughs> expect amazing, beautiful sound effects to uh, into the show, but not. We're going to desperately try not to sound like a morning zoo crew with like toilets flushing or ladies moaning. So, you know, we're trying to make some degree of sophistication here. If there's any lady, ladies moaning, guarantee you it's going to be live in studio. You know what I'm talking about. So this is Ben here. Uh, thanks for tuning back in. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. We are the Playing With Power podcast, a retrospective on Nintendo Power Magazine. And we are now at November, December of 1989. And the cover, as you might have guessed, is about Tetris for the Nintendo. So we're looking at... What are we looking at here, Mike? We are looking at... Uh, well, I don't know what we're looking at. We're looking at this, uh, this blocky, choppy, pixelated landscape filled with falling blocks, just like threatening to crush all these houses. And then we're looking at this copy paste of this boy holding what is it an any uh, a Ness Max, and he's walking along yeah, the uh, golden like golden brick road kind of thing. And there's a pixelated dude with binoculars with no pants on, checking this dude out. And then you see uh, a Mario house with a mustache in this Tetris town. There's a Tetris fish. There's someone driving appears to be a pink slipper, a giant owl. Someone's driving a croc down the street. Yeah, I thought it was a pink slipper, but <laughs> croc is a, is pretty appropriate. Yeah, there's a giant owl perching on a house, and there's a person inside going like, I don't want it on my house because it's like making a bunch of noise, but I really don't want to get its attention. No, that's not an owl. That's the dude with no pants with binoculars. Oh, I thought oh, I was big rounded eyes, and I thought it was like a big blocky owl. But I'm looking at this poor boy. And he's slowly devolving into a, a Tetris piece, and uh, and then like his legs and body are made out of tetrads or tetraminos, if you want to be politically correct. Right. And uh, we see like Nestor hiding out like Wa uh, Waldo, just waiting to be found by the Mario house. And uh, I don't quite know what getting tetrasized means. It looks like we're we're playing a different game here. Like now we're like. It's like a retro game back in retro times. Well, the most exciting thing about the cover to me is above this, you know, weird illustration of getting Tetris, quote unquote, Tetrisized. There's these giant glowing Tetris blocks in the sky that are coming down to either assimilate into this world or destroy it. And they're kind yeah, of uh, gold and hot pink and purple. You will be blockified. Resist is futile. Right. <laughs> So if yeah. that's it for the cover, we can move on in. Yeah, I just you know like why, why do the houses have faces? Yeah, this, uh, like, this, houses this, can look like they have faces normally, though, right? I think I yeah. see one that's supposed to be like Mario. You don't go out putting whiskers on your front door. <laughs> but 
Well, I don't know. Some people put mustaches in the front of their car or, you know, truck nuts in the, in the back of their truck. So why not yeah. put a mustache or, you know, <laughs> on the front of your house, I guess. This cover is just Tetrippy. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's my pun. pun. <laughs> okay, now we got the inside cover. We've seen this guy before, so I think we should skip this one. What we I got a comment on the inside cover. This I don't think we saw this before. It's a it's a Christmas stocking what? with a bunch of Nintendo Power magazines stuffed into it. Now, we know we like we all know what the size of a Nintendo Power magazine is, and this this sock is accommodating dozens of them. Like why the heck like that is a huge ass stocking. And I love the uh like, like this is a real like uh, a real call to action for the uh, subscription form. It says it costs less than a CD. <laughs> See, this is why we needed Napster because CDs were more expensive than an entire year of Nintendo Power. Oh, complete ripoff. Well, actually, I have what? a different inner cover. It's the guy with the uh, spacesuit on, holding the little wings pin. And the reason why I think mine's different is mine says. This is your next-to-last issue of Nintendo Power, and it's also your chance to resubscribe early. And it's just basically a pitch that if you resubscribe before your uh, uh, subscription runs out, they'll send you the pin, and you can save some money off the cover price when you resubscribe. So a nice little bonus for resubscribers. Uh, so, so, so you get a, your own unique issue. And now we're looking at the table of contents as RoboCop. Making the streets safe for decent folks again. <laughs> you know, wow, this sounds like Trump. Yeah, the, uh, no, <laughs> you know, like this is the equivalent of stopping schoolyard bullying by taking the kid who's picking on a nerd and then grinding his face along the wall of the school from one end to the other until his scalp is just a pulpy mess in your palm during recess in front of everyone and calling that heroism. Street justice. It's the only way. <laughs> schoolyard justice is the only kind of justice. <laughs> and then we got uh, play action football just in time for the bowl games. Yeah, because they can't say uh, Super Bowl or <laughs> anything and it, and that's it, uh, actually registered with the NFL. Yeah, game endings revealed. Spoiler alert! Come on. And then U Force and Power Glove, a killer combo. The future is now. Yeah, they forgot to add a word onto the end of that. The future is now. Crap. <laughs> Right. And uh, any other table of contents goodies for you? No, let's move on over to the player's pulse where we have the mailbox. And I wanted to read out uh, this one from an elderly gentleman. And he said, it's called a Zelda and Poetry Fan. I did it. I defeated the first quest of The Legend of Zelda. Finally. This may not seem like a big deal to a lot of your fans, but for someone my age, 75, I feel like I've accomplished quite a lot. I made up a poem about Nintendo while writing in my journal. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for a great game. <laughs> so, first, the fact that he has a journal that he writes in is great. Second, that he made a... a honestly, this could be a rap if you, read, if you uh, put a beat behind it. We all know that poetry is just old people rap. <laughs> should we try to rap this, or should we actually do his poetry? Uh, I don't know. Do you, do you think you have any masterpiece theater music you can put behind me? <laughs> Master, I don't know if I can pull it up that fast. Okay, I'll read it. 
My grandson introduced me to a Nintendo game that I play on my TV most of the day. The Legend of Zelda has taxed my brain, outwinning many demons throughout the play. My wife says that I have lost my mind, and I have made her a house recluse. That doing so, I have been most unkind. She states that it's a form of spouse abuse. I told her the alternative is my visiting pubs and possibly become a drunken souse or go (laughs) swimming with girls in hot water tubs. So what's wrong with my playing in the house? My wife's answer was a real doozy. She called the plumber and ordered a jacuzzi. So there goes the old Nintendo game. I guess I only have myself to blame. So did she order the jacuzzi just to throw the Nintendo into it? Because, you know, you got a sink or a bathtub. (laughs) Yeah. This, this cadence is all over the place. And yeah. And he has, like, the last word rhyming, and that's about it. The alternative is my drinking problem. Yeah. I could go drinking, or I could go hang out, apparently, in hot... At least you can hang out with, with chicks in hot tubs. Is that the picture of him? Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. I, I, I can see girls, you know, hooking up with that guy. I mean, like, he, he looks like he's still got some uh, some vitality left. Yeah. I mean, like, if he, he's got the looks. I mean, he could just charm some girls and get get bring them to their jacuzzis or hot tubs or hot water tubs. I've heard of hot tubs, but what else would you be putting in the tub besides water? Speaking of which, uh, next up we have our, probably the best um, whoopsie-daisy on typos I've ever seen in the magazine so far. It's a letter titled, it's a short letter, that says, Clean it up with the cleaning kit. Dear Nintendo, can you tell me why the power light sometimes flashes on and off on my control dick? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, control dick. (laughs) Clean it up with a cleaning kit, apparently. (laughs) If you you have power with your control dick. Oh, it's, it's sent from a woman, too, Andrea. Undergo heavy... Combined with the trading or renting of game packs, this can cause a buildup of electronic residue or dust. You know, those pesky electrons are just piling up like plaque on the contacts. (laughs) Yeah. Besides uh, cleaning it out, you might want to replace the batteries once in a while there, Andrea. I like this last one, too. Fame at Nintendo. At the risk of sounding like the rest of the world, I want to say that I absolutely love Nintendo. It would make me so happy if I could have all the autographs and pictures of all the gameplay counselors. Is this possible? <laughs> and it's like, sorry, but there are so many gameplay counselors, it is very difficult to send all pictures or autographs. But every issue, we publish a few of their pictures with other interesting information. It's like, yeah, give me all their information so I can hunt them down and murder them. <laughs> I want to find the most powerful ones. The least powerful ones I will take first, and then I will go up the list. And acquire their abilities. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I will absorb their I will energy. start with the dads. There can, there can be only one. <laughs> they're the more experienced and smarter, but they're the weakest ones. Right. And uh, then we got the video spotlight. With this kid, well, the fucking creepy eyes. He, and a ghastly smile. It looks like he's holding up that chihuahua and he's just like, You're going to go out with me, Susie. Or I'm going to snap this fucker's neck right now. I swear to God I'll do it. <laughs> nice. That, that poor chihuahua is about to be a sacrifice. Yeah, for sure. 
And then we've got, uh, underneath, we've got the power player, Greg the Absorber, Saluzzi. And uh, he's got all these games stacked up, and he's looking at us like like they're his trophy kills. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it looks, uh. he looks like we're in a, his dungeon right now, and he's like sort of bending over, looking at you with his eyes like, Hey, why don't you come join in on the fun? Want to play a game? The Absorber. What a nickname. Oh, yeah. We're, we're in Marvel territory right now. Right. Okay, so uh, Willow. We kind of covered Willow before uh, in the DuckTales issue. Um, not a whole lot else to say about this. It, it continues in the next issue. Um, yep. It's supposedly a very good game. We just haven't really gotten into it. Yep, and it tells you where to get the longsword. So, you know, now you can actually try playing the damn game. That's how you play with power right there. You read, you read Nintendo Power, and then you can get the yep. sword. And then there's uh, we can see some items, and one of them is the ocarina, but it's not of time. It's just a magic whistle to call Poe. I, I guess this is where you bring the Kung Fu Panda into the mix. Yeah, it just looks like they kind of ripped off some, some uh, ideas from Zelda or vice versa. They've got and, a and flame yeah. sword. They've got different various rings and whatnot. They've got the ocarina, obviously, a shield. Yep, and then we have uh, some seeds that belong to someone named Waka. And now we finally know who uh, Fozzie Bear is summoning during his jokes. Waka, 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 waka. waka. So yep. next up, we have Tetris. The Game Boy Blockbuster makes its NES debut. And what's funny, I don't actually remember ever seeing uh, Tetris for Nintendo. Did you remember seeing it for Nintendo? Yeah, I played it on the Nintendo. It was neat. It was uh, very interesting to play Tetris in color. <laughs> was it that big of a deal to see the blocks in color? Well, it was also bigger than my Game Boy screen, so I was just, they made it on Nintendo, this is awesome! But what gets me is that we're not seeing any footage in the first page. It's just like, okay, this is a block. Now, you can move this block side to side, or you can move it down. And it's like explicitly telling you, for prompt piece placement and an extra high score, press down to drop them at an accelerated rate. You know, like, ooh, pressing down makes it go down. Yeah, it's, and, it's uh, like, basically an instruction manual, not so much a tips. Game, until you realize that you could learn all this just by playing the game for like 20 minutes. Yeah, pretty much. If you just play the, play the game, you can learn it. Like, yeah, unless you've got like no spirit of exploration and learning, and then you're just like, I will only do only what is necessary for me to do. Then you might like just you might need to be told some of the extra stuff you can do. But you know, if you're a kid, you're playing this damn game, you're pressing buttons all over the place because there's only like a D-pad and a B and an A button. You you like we usually just figure that shit out. Any game that's good can be figured out in about, like, ten minutes. Yeah, you would think that, right? So I remember specifically, I had a friend of a friend over at our my apartment when I was in college, and we had rented one of the Ace Combat games, where it's like a jet fighter simulation, right? And so, like, it, we're just we're like, okay, let's see who's the best at the versus mode, right? Let's just fire it, fire it up and see what happens. And, like, I kid you not, the guy was, like, looking around for the instructions manual in the rental box. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to find the instructions manual. I'm like, just get in, get in and play. You figure it out? Well, how will I know which button does what? <laughs> I'm like, you press the button, and you see what happens. 
<laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was a guy my own age. I was like, where have you been? Yep. Anyways. Um, did, was this game for Tetris uh, for NES two-player or just single-player? Two-player. It was two-player? Yeah. I, th- I thought we see split screens here. No, they're all just single spl- single screens. But, uh, yeah, you can uh, enjoy it. Like, it's... Uh, the only thing that really stands out to me of this game is that it has work up to many different endings, and it's got, uh, looks like, I, I'm going to get this wrong, what's the big Russian castle? <laughs> uh, it's just like a, it looks like a, uh, yeah, it looks like a Greek Orthodox church. Yeah, we're going to get yelled at for this, by the way, because we should know that by now. But anyways, next to that, it's very famous on the, on the Tetris cover art um, in Russia. It's Kremlin Castle. Kremlin Castle, you looked it up? No. The Kremlin is like the uh is like this the KGB and shit, so <laughs> like I was just thinking like that that would be great to see the FBI, like the Russian FBI gets their own palace. <laughs> Lovely. So anyways, <laughs> as you defeat different uh, difficulties of the B type mode, um which is different levels, different you start at different heights basically. Um, you can see sort of, quote, different endings. It just means you have more characters on screen at the end. But it's kind of cool little cameos from, like, Donkey Kong I see in there, Samus from Metroid. I see Bowser, Mario, Luigi, uh, Princess Peach. So kind of a cool little add-in from Nintendo. Yeah, and uh, then we see Howard's Tips for Advanced Players. And then we get to see this the smug ginger just smiling away in his friggin' white suit and bow tie, looking like a he, he looks like a, a televangelist in training. <laughs> he just looks like he's ready to sell me something on the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> hey, have you have you heard about this product? <laughs> yeah, the kind of guy that like would try to scam you into playing three card Monty. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, this looks like a door-to-door vacuum salesman. Yeah, and uh, next is the Howard and Nestor comic, where someone is being sent on a Nest Ducktail exploratory mission to the moon. Now, what gets me is that it uh, it's obvious that these people had no acquired no legal rights to use the name or likeness of any characters, because. Scrooge is not looking like Scrooge. It's just like a random duck. He doesn't have a Scottish accent. He's just saying, hey, careful. That's one small step. And, uh, oh, yeah, we forgot to mention that Nestor sneaks into the shuttle because apparently in this massive crowd, there's nobody looking at the damn door he's sneaking into. And uh, we get to see him looking out the window because I guess space shuttles have windows because why would you want protective metal when you can just put glass in a nice empty spot, but there we go. And uh, then we apparently they had a spare spacesuit just in case there were stowaways. And Nestor's going out looking for uh, looking for the action on the moon, whatever it is, and he's asking for the cheese. Then he gets uh, Mike. To be fair, the cheese has holes in it, right? Oh yeah. It's so that's green. the action. That's the action he's going for. Yeah. <laughs> and next is uh, this. This spaceship, which looks just like, uh, 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 like a cloaked star map thing, uh, shows up behind him, and he goes, "Help! I'm being abducted." 
even though there's no ducks related to. Har, har, har. Except in the next panel, we see him getting carried by other ducks who look just like the duck that went to Earth or went to the moon with him. So we don't know if it's one of their races or like this isn't this isn't making any sense. And uh, the guy in the, con- in the at the control panel for, I guess, the interrogation room says, hello, fellow captive. What are you in for? Like, I guess, like, do you need to be charged with something to, to end up here? And he's like, did you say quack to them? They hate that, you know. Well, what else do you say to a duck? And again, this isn't uh, this doesn't explain a damn thing as to, like, why anyone is here. Like, this isn't Scrooge McDuck. This is just a duck. And Howard Phillips is accompanying him. And uh, he, he, he points out that we need the key from the third floor. Then he can go through the door to get the remote control. And with the remote control, he can call the RoboDuck. So, again... They couldn't even call him Gizmo Duck. I mean, blathering blatherskite. Come on, just just say something that lets me know I'm playing a damn Ducktales game. Yeah, the whole thing was very confusing. I'm like this is it's all over the place. Makes no yeah. sense. There were better NES comics than this. This is just disappointing and awful. Right. And here we get to see more red Gizmo. He doesn't even look like Gizmo Duck because he doesn't have a wheel. He has legs. I mean, we all know Gizmo Duck walks or runs around in that unicycle thing. Well, uh, anyway, so let's move on to Ivan Stewart's Iron Man Super Off-Road, which is a mouthful of a title, and I thank God they uh, changed it to just Super Off-Road for the Super Nintendo version. Um, not, not much talk that we haven't already gotten through. Um, I w- I'll give you some tips. I've got tips. I've got hot tips. So the whole uh, beginning of the game, you start with some money. Don't spend it on nitrous. You want to spend it on your... Um, top speed eventually is the most important one, but initially you want to start with acceleration, and you want to focus on getting the bonus cash that appears on the on the tracks, because it'll just be bags of money that shows up randomly. And you want to keep powering up until eventually you can beat the gray car, and then once you've done that, then you've pretty much beaten the game, you can shut it off. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah, afterwards is Iron Sword. Now, the artwork has a barbarian, like Conan, but we look at the game sprites, and they're all a guy in a set of full armor like a knight. So, which is it? And, by the way, his helmet makes him look like a metal slime from Dragon Warrior. Why does not look like a slime from Dragon Warrior? His head looks like a slime when you look at it. Uh, I don't know about that. I disagree, sir. (laughs) Oh, it's not yet. Uh, when you look at the Battle with the Wind Elemental on page, I uh, can't get a look at it, it's 31. Uh, you're looking at fighting the big cloud, and I guess he's got like an upgraded helmet. Oh, that- I see. He's got a nipple helmet. <laughs> a boob helmet. Yes. Well, hold on, let's talk about his uh, Seek the Help of the Four Animal Kings. The four animal kings are capable of aiding Kuros, but each requires a special gift before doing so. The Eagle King must be presented with the golden egg before he will fly Kuros to the gold cloud region. The golden fly must be given to the Frog King to gain passage into the water's domain. The Dragon King will demand the golden crown before letting Kuros pass into the volcano, and the Bear King must be given the Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean, uh, golden <laughs> tankard to earn his trust. Golden tankard? What? These, an- these animals are fucking demanding. 
he has to give the bear like a like a beer stein. You think you'd give him a honey pot or something? Here, have some beer, bear. To stop the rumbly in his tumbly. No, I'm bear, not beer. <laughs> so, so he's a Soviet animal. Yeah, and then uh, my favorite part of reading this was the spells. So there's two types of spells. There's special spells, which actually sound like real spells. These are, these have awesome names like Windbane, Bright Water, Fire Smite, Earth Scorch. And then there's regular spells, which honestly just sound like uh, sex moves, to be honest. There's uh, the Asp Tongue, and it says, Try this at the inn. Oh, yeah. There's- yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to get it in, huh? Yeah. All right. There's the uh, water spout, the familiar, the <laughs> veil of slumber. That one's a little rapey, it sounds like. The, the familiar, silver... F- <laughs> and then the stranger. The stranger, yeah. They don't have the stranger, but yeah. Fleet foot, silver fleece, and dragon tooth. You know, I, I like Fleet Foot's, I like Fleet Foot's uh, second album in Dreams. That was a good album. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's kind of a, uh, this is the second uh, Wizards and Warriors game, which they, again, make no mention of at all in the magazine for some reason. So this is a sequel to the original, original Wizards and Warriors game, which was very well received, and I believe the sequel was as well. So next up, we've got a section that says, Nintendo Power Tells All, Top 10 Game Endings Exposed. Again, according to Nintendo Power. Oh, so yeah. run us through it, Mike. Uh, Contra. Tough commando team annihilates alien invasion. Special forces officers Lance and Bill survive freezing forests and steamy jungles to destroy the forces of the Red Falcon. Oh, Lance. And then Akari Warriors. Uh, well, I don't want to talk about that, do you? <laughs> they topple an evil secret agency, which looks like a terrible ending because it's just a wall of text. You have accomplished the mission. You are the very prevailer that protect right and justice. I would express my sincere thanks to you. Take good rest. General Kawasaki. He doesn't even give me his own motorcycle? Come on. Asshole. Says Paul and Vince see more action in Victory Road. Oh, yeah. And then Castlevania. Famous ghost hunter conquers the count. He's a ghost hunter? I thought he was a vampire hunter. Yeah. And then Goonies 2, the Fratellis gang, is behind bars once again. Mikey, a member of the famous Goonies, manages to penetrate the maze-like Fratelli hideout and bring the gang to justice. Super Mario Brothers, Koopa King defeated by brave adventuring brothers. After stomping many Koopas and Goombas, defeating Bowser and rescuing the princess, Mario and Luigi can finally rest easy. Look for the return of some old foes plus some new ones in Super Mario Brothers 3 coming to the nest next year. And, uh, you know, if people didn't bother beating Metroid, well, now we get to know Femme Fatale finds cure for the evil Mother Brain's headaches. Holy smoke, Samus Air and Mighty Galactic Warrior is revealed to be a woman when she removes her cumbersome space armor after defeating the Mother Brain. Now that's a good ending. Oh, yeah. And uh, Rad Racer. Speed Demon Sweetie makes off with the Dream Machine Ferrari 328. So your girlfriend takes a joyride in your car. That's that's freaking great. That is a terrible ending. And punch out. Reigning world champion Mike Tyson dethroned by upstart challenger. Although stunned by the decision, Iron Mike congratulates the new champion. 
Mike is also reported to have said he'd fight a rematch whenever Mac is ready. And uh, in a uh, in a bit of non-prophetic text, it says, Mike's a sport. I think Evander Holyfield would disagree. Right. <laughs> if, if he could hear you. <laughs> and Kid Icarus. I love the uh, the description here. Boy becomes a man by beating Medusa. You know, beating a woman doesn't make you a man. It makes you a punk. <laughs> Mythical hero Icarus masters many mythological monsters to save the goddess Palutena from Medusa's clutches. By scoring many points, Pitt can become a man. Yeah, right. Yeah, scoring is how you all become a man. Wow. Gotta score those brownie points. Wow, come on, man. Let's just, you know, let's just. The brown is like a. Uh, that's a different target. <laughs> that, that's like advanced level after you cover the basics. <laughs> I see. And then Wizards and Warriors. Courageous Knight overcomes mighty mystic Malkil and saves the princess. The greatest warrior in Cinderin defeats the evil Malkil, but you can't keep a good villain down. Look for the return of Malkil in Iron Sword. Well, we just did. And that covers the endings. What were your thoughts? I, I don't know if those are all top ten worthy, to be honest. Yeah, there's probably better games like Zelda. Well, Super Mario Bros. 2 has a great ending where you find out it's all a dream, for example. Yep, and he used to read Word Up Magazine, a chubby plumber on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up Magazine, a chubby nigga on the scene. Oh, okay. I got you. Notorious. M-A-R-I-O. What did you think of the top ten endings? I would lo- I would have liked to seen Mega Man 2 in here. That was a good ending. Oh, yeah, where he's an alien. And then it turns out, no, not even an alien, it was just a hologram. Yep. So apparently you were, you were just uh, hanging out on the holodeck. <laughs> You're just playing with yourself all day, Mega Man. What the hell's wrong with you? Yep. And now we're moving on to Robocop. Drop it, creep. Unless you're holding this game pack. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about Robocop, to be honest. And they talk about, like, power... Oh. Uh, yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, you get to go through... You arrest Boddicker, and now you're arresting Jones of OCP. You fight at 209 a couple of times. You fight some other guys. It looks like it's just standard good game coverage. Nothing particularly uh, humorous or amazing. And then uh, then we got Ness Action Football. Any thoughts? Let me flip to that page here. NES Action Football. They have a lot of original art here, uh, which is kind of interesting. But to be honest, as far as the game itself, uh, I think this is the one. Didn't John say you tried to play this one and you couldn't get the ROM to work? Yeah, let's just say that. So we can move on then. Yeah, he basically uh, read some reviews and basically it was terrible. It has an isometric isometric uh, view and uh, it's no Tecmo Bowl is the yeah. official stance. Next the up, overhead. we've got a feature. The overhead view looks like Gauntlet. Uh, a little bit, yeah. It's Gauntlet, <laughs> okay. but not fun. Now we Next have up, we got power-packed, power-packed Super Control. The power glove and the U-Force. Oh, boy. Uh, share your thoughts, because I got nothing on this. This is just... It's a little... It's kind of a little... Uh, 
thing. This the front piece is just sort of telling you about. It's got a picture of the Power Glove and the U Force. Uh, Power Glove again is uh, infamous. It's a glove you wear in your hand, and if you swing wildly, you can get random things to to occur. It's supposed to be one to one between like movement, and you can like twitch your fingers or something for A and B. It doesn't really work that well. Uh, it was discontinued after a year by Mattel. Uh, oh U Force. I hadn't even heard of until we started doing this podcast, and it is similar. It's sort of like got this uh, battleship uh, game type uh, laptop thing that you open up, and you have to like move your hands in a certain way over these two the the laptop area to try and get things to happen. Um, and they have like a training bar and training handles for it. It just looks like a complete disaster, honestly. And then they have a feature about uh, which games work with which um, device. So for the Power Glove, they got Glove Ball, which should probably come with the Power Glove, you would think. Yeah, but it's scheduled for release next year, so... (laughs) Oh, wow. You have to buy this crappy thing and then wait a whole other year for the Power Glove. The game should have come with... Right, like it should be a tie-in. Like, here's your demo... Yeah, so you can see what the, so you can see the possibilities. Right. It's just um than, ball is basically breakout in sort of a 3D space and you're using your hand instead of a D-pad. That's it. Oh, and as a teenager, like and as a uh, a prepubescent, you can use your hand for better things. Yeah, you can uh glove your balls a different way. <laughs> yeah. You can play 1943 uh with this with the says, move it yeah, left and move right to swerve clear of danger and bend your index finger and thumb to fire weapons. Hmm, sounds intuitive to me. Yeah, that sounds like carpal tunnel waiting to happen. Uh, let me see, Gyrus. Why are they putting a good game in with this shit? <laughs> Rotate your hand to circular patterns around planets. Fire at enemies by keeping your index finger straight and pull back for a bomb blast. That's kind of interesting, I guess, but... Then there's Bad Street Brawler. You can just eat some tacos for a bomb blast, and there you go. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You should just name a product that at Taco Bell. Now, coming (laughs) soon, the new bomb blast. Your your taste buds will thank you. Your colon won't. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anything. And then we got the punch out. Uh, U-Force, yeah, it says Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. It feels as though you're actually bossing against world champs from around the world. I seriously doubt that. It, yeah, it's, it's, it should, in theory, be very promising. Because, you know, you're playing boxing games. Like, this is, like, damn well what it should be made for. And then Top Gun. Make bank turns and power dies and shake your fist to let loose missiles and gunfire. So all you got to do is turn into Cornholio, and then you can start firing your... And you can start playing top. You can start being Top Gun. <laughs> uh, and then, like, if you are up for a challenge, you can play this classic in a whole new way. Super Mario Brothers. Wave your hand from side to side. Nope, you just move your character with it and shake your right hand to jump and fire. It's like rubbing your belly and patting your head, so it could take some practice. That sounds awful. Why would you ever want to do that? And then there's a Rad Racer. Experience the thrill, power, and challenge of real cross-country racing. 
Fit the T-bar into U-Force and turn it like you would turn an actual steering wheel. You'll be able to brake and accelerate with the buttons on the firing handles. That actually doesn't sound that bad, to be honest. If that actually works, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. And next is new games now available. And uh, Wheel of Fortune Jr. Why Jr.? Like, what does that even mean? Or Jeopardy Jr., does that mean, like, you're going to have, like, kids on the show? Yeah, it's for kids. And then there's Three Stooges, Stealth, ATF, and Godzilla. Crap. Mystery crap. And, oh, boy, is it crap. Yeah, so we get to see uh, Wheel of Fortune. I looked in, I should just, just as as a side, I looked at my garage the other day to see what actual Nintendo cartridges I actually have left. And sad to say, one of them is LJN's infamous X-Men game. <laughs> oh, boy, that's the one that survives. So if they're bringing it up again, I'll, I'll tell the story of how I got it. Uh, and I'm looking at the, uh, the Three Stooges here, and it says, there are lots of choices for our trio of heroes. And, and, and look at the, the, the meter here for the power player meter. It's like... 4.8 out of 5 for graphics and sound like almost a, a, a pure 5 for theme and fun a 4 for challenge and uh, like a 4 for play control like this sounds like it's a friggin great game it's all you buddy and uh, like it says here uh, you can choose a variety of jobs and options jobs contests taking chances however some options are not desirable <laughs> Really? Just some? <laughs> I mean, have you played this game? It looks like they're, they're promising a lot. Uh, I, I can imagine that it's awful. I like the, uh, the, the goal of the game is at the bottom here. Can you save Ma's orphanage? Certainly. Yuck, 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 yuck. Certainly. Yeah. And it's spelled with an S. Yep. You know, like, certainly as people. Yuck, yuck. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, yeah, it says, hold on, let's read the thing. Let me read the thing here about it, what the, the goal of the game is. Mean old I Fleesome, the town bankum, baker, will foreclose on Ma's orphanage in 30 days unless the Stooges earn the money to stop him. If they earn enough, they might even marry Ma's daughters. Because <laughs> that's how it works. Each yeah. day they will choose from a variety of options, jobs, contests, taking chances, in their quest for the dough. However, some options are not desirables and will cost them time or money. Hey, didn't we see this uh, uh, exact storyline in a movie that starts with the word blues and ends with the word brothers? <laughs> this is yeah, a complete it, ripoff. And it sounds like a plot from a 30s. Uh, like This is like such like a 20s and 30s type comedy thing. Like I don't know if I can help this old lady make the rent then she'll like prostitute her daughters out to me or something like right that's how it works you know, like 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 you're owed this for for being a hero it's like how about you show some damn responsibility pay your damn rent or live in a better affordable place like if you if you're running a business like an orphanage how about selling some of those kids and making some damn money <laughs> that's how orphanages raise money right they sell the kids i guess they got to do something to make money. I mean, how are you going to make the rent? It's not a chair. Yeah, you rent the kids out. You can do like little odd jobs. It'd be like a temp agency for like cleaning chimneys and uh, 
pickpocketing Victorian people who carry all their gold in their waistcoats and shit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you can run like a little uh, scheme or just have them do laundry. Like, it's yeah, like you can the, put the uh, true story of Annie. You know. Yeah, put the kids to work, rent them out. Gotta have everyone needs a daddy Warbucks to go and buy you. Yeah. All right, next up we have Stealth Eagle. Its name is the Stealth Advanced Tactical Fighter. It's America's most advanced military aircraft and her most closely guarded secret. You were at the controls, staging a one-man aerial assault against enemy forces around the globe. So this is a flight sim, and you are flying a stealth ATF. Yeah, that's like the secret weapon. I think we all knew about stealth bombers back then. Right, and that's that's pretty much it. And then there's Godzilla, which we've already uh, bashed on frequently. Godzilla! And uh, we get to see Mothra, who is pretty damn colorful, all things considered. He, he, he is a whopping three simultaneous colors. And Godzilla is a single shade uh, of dark green. Blue. Is it blue? Yeah, you're right, it's yeah. blue. Yeah, he's blue double d da da. Like he's like he's not green. We all know he's green. Ugh, this is just sad. And uh for the poster, the fold out, we get to see Willow on one side, an overhead map of all the uh all the things. And on the other page is a nice iron sword. Again with the barbarian. Right. But he's wearing armor in the game, so... If he wears armor in the game, maybe you should show him with armor on the cover. You know, show some goddamn consistency, please. Nah, he's just like, oh no, if I'm going to be uh, if I'm gonna be modeling and promoting this game, I'm going to be showing the goods. Nice. So next up, we've got a special coverage about Game Boy games, which we've already kind of mentioned. So they cover Super Mario Land, which is great. And oh, the music is great. They uh, they did a great transition for the uh, capabilities of the Game Boy. Like you still feel like you're in the Mushroom Kingdom, even though you're in a completely different land. But uh, they were able to nail the theming uh, amazingly. And as far as artwork goes, he has the right colors this time. Someone's improving. They're listening to us. They made changes. They went back in time and fixed it. Howard Phillips got his Nintendo-approved time machine, and he's just like, "Okay, well, I'm not gonna. I, uh, before I go on this guy, this these guys show, I'm gonna, you know, go back and fix a few things." But he left out the he, he forgot the control dick. Yeah, well, maybe he added that in. Maybe that was maybe that was for us, Mike. Yeah. Whoa, just blew my mind. Oh. Uh, one of the things that's really cool about this game is there's a level where you can fly. I think like a jet or something. Yeah, it's like a little hella, like a little drone copter. This has a one-seat propeller-driven plane, and then there's also a speedy mini-sub with turbo torpedoes, which I don't think you get to do in a whole lot of Mario games, so that's pretty cool that you get to do yeah. that. Yeah, I'd like to play another game where I get to actually fly a vehicle. In all the other Mario games, <laughs> he has to uh, eat, the, eat this uh, amazingly dangerous and unknown flora and fauna to become the vehicle himself. Like, he has to, like, eat, like, weird leaves, and instead of getting the shits, he gets a raccoon tail instead. Sprouts a ra raccoon tail out of his ass. He's just... Well, hopefully it's a raccoon tail. Hopefully it's not just, like, a, a turd that keeps prairie dogging. Either that or he just plugs something in. 
<laughs> it's like his own little horse S and M horsetail thing. <laughs> Terrible. All right. So next up in the Game Boy coverage, we've got Revenge of the Gator, which makes no sense as a title because it's a pinball game. Yeah, I saw. This looks like it. Well, the graphics aren't that bad. Although in one of the screens, it looks like you're either playing Breakout with the pills from Doctor Mario. Yeah, what's what's up with that? <laughs> I. I it just doesn't make sense. Like, I have played a better pinball game for the Game Boy, Kirby's Pinball. That game looked great. The music was great. The controls were great. I had many great times playing that. And underneath, I, this, I completely didn't know or absolutely forgot about this, Castlevania. There was a Castlevania for the Game Boy. Did you play this? I did on a friend's Game Boy. I never owned it myself. It wasn't pretty good. It's it's challenging, and I don't think it's terribly long either. Um, well, but I, I do if, want to go back and if, give it a shot, though. If this level screen is any indication, it's just one level. <laughs> That's it. This is a one level. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, it's got the same exact action that you would find in a standard uh, Castlevania game. I mean, it's not as ver- variety. There's not much variety on screen. Of course, because it's a smaller and they have less memory and all that, but it gives it's the exact same. It gives you the experience. Yes. You have the experience on the go, and that's all we really want. If we play Castlevania, we want to feel Castlevania. We want to feel that whip. We want to jump around. We want to collect hearts and not get revitalized by them, by, but spend them as money or some shit. Hopefully, we'll get to see more coverage on this game because it looks great. I mean, Castlevania in your pocket. Come on. Yeah. And uh, we've got like a whole bunch of various other games. And uh, sports you know, games, <laughs> your favorite, including a well, breakout clone. <laughs> My eyes just instantly averted to the bottom where we get to see Alleyway, which, you know, they can't say for, I guess, copyright reasons. It's breakout. But we get to see the uh, shapes like a Koopa and Mario. So. Breakout using the blocks to actually make recognizable shapes and characters. Oh, you can hit the block right into Mario's crotch too. Look at that! Look at that! Yeah, you can give Mario, you can give Mario three balls. Oh, all right. We've got uh, more Game Boy coverage on some of these individual games like uh, Boxel and Bugs Bunny and Quirk and whatnot coming up next episode. So let's go ahead and move on to previews, and uh, I'm going to talk about the art yep. for previews. And this is, uh, it says, ring in the new year with four new hits for the 90s. And it's got these big, big old gold bells with an oddly placed screenshot on each bell. I know, it's such <laughs> beautiful artwork. But aside from the screenshots, you've got like amazing bells, uh, a sprinkling trail of stars leading up to Santa's sleigh, and a somewhat obscured but clearly visible moon. And uh, I think for the first time, this is a moon that actually performs and appears as a regular frigging moon. There's no... Yeah, there's no moon obscured in the moon. There's no... Uh, it's not closing up to the damn window like God's unblinking eye. Like, it's a moon. So actual... we got <laughs> True to light moon. For that. So, if we talk about Shadowgate here, which is as PC possibilities come to the NES, 
There was a time when you had to use an IBM, Apple, or Amiga to experience the most sophisticated computer adventures. Now, these new generation thrillers are coming to your NES, starting with Shredigweight, an adventure quest set in the haunting world, world of Tarkus. So this is uh, kind of like a, I think, like a point-and-click game almost with uh, similar um, controls as like Dragon Warrior. We have like a bunch of commands of what you can do, like look, take, open, close, use, hit, leave, speak. Yeah, it's like Dragon Warrior from a first-person perspective. The graphics are very nice, uh, I will say that. But did you ever play this game? No, I never heard of it. So it looked they're they're giving it a, a rating. So from the uh, power meter, I'd say this game is almost as good or just as good as the Three Stooges. <laughs> that's that's our uh, a quality bar is a Three Stooges game. That's sad. Hey, I just read the previews. I just look at the player power meter. So you know Howard Phillips and his and his team of uh, qualified objective players and counselors have spoken so who am i in my lowly experience to quarrel with them <laughs> well, we got to talk about the uh, mythical monsters on the second on the third page here it says meet yeah. the warlock's haunting henchmen oh yeah so, some of these are good and some of these are just fucking horrible like the banshee i'm looking at that that's a demon okay a banshee is like a spectral female ghost. We all know what a damn banshee looks like. We've seen Darby O'Gill and Little People. We've seen, well, I don't know what other movies star a banshee. Uh, X Men First Class. Yeah, well, that's a character named Banshee, but he still flies around and screams. This guy looks like a demon. Okay, he's got the horns. He's got the fangs and claws. He's got like the red body. He's a damn demon. Okay, don't don't try to. Get shit past me. I know my mythical creatures. Yeah, then we've got uh, and, Troll, which is clearly a, a lion with uh, horns. A, a gay lion, I should say, because he's hold, holding his uh, limp wrist out like, hey, gotta pay the toll. <laughs> oh, you are not walking in here with that hair, sweetie. Come on, come on over here. I'll just take care of you, and then you'll be nice and presentable for the Dark Master. It's just like a torso up. There's no like legs. It's very odd. They're just sort of like a drawbridge hanging down. And you see like a <laughs> chest up. I know you'd expect them to be like on a skateboard rolling up and down the subway playing a saxophone for change or something. <laughs> oh, terrible. <laughs> and then you see the, the mutant dog. Now, isn't mutation like evolution and science based like the X-Men? Why can't you just call him a hellhound? By putting a mutant dog in there, it makes it sound like there's like uh, like he's recruiting like dark occult scientists or something. It's just like he has like a mandible, almost like a like a spider mouth, and with you and, know a spider uh, mouth face around like a regular dog's body. Yeah, and to be honest, from the front, that face looks more like a cat than a dog. Yeah, for sure. And then we've got uh, the Sphinx, which just looks like uh, Stevo <laughs> from Jackass wearing a lion costume. Uh, he looks, and he's spread out, looking at the camera like Deadpool in that uh, in that picture that he put out in the uniform. Yeah, he's doing the Costanza. All he needs is the fireplace, and there we go. <laughs> the Wraith is good. I really like the Wraith. That one's legit. And then the Cyclops, he does not look like he only has one eye. He's got either he's wearing a helmet and it's just poorly colored to match his skin tone, or he has three eyes. Can you yeah. decipher it all? 
yeah, like if all they have to do is just put like a white, put some white palette blocks over there to like let you know that it's just one eye. Like, show me some damn variation in color, please. He's the same color as the sand he's fighting on. Like, is there like a problem with the NES where it can only show like a certain amount of colors per screen? I don't know. I mean, Banshee's hot pink on on gray background. Sphinx has his orange on top of yellow and gray background. I mean, they all seem to have not have the same problem that Cyclops has. They have variations in colors, so Cyclops has no excuse to to like try to camouflage in with the settings. Uh, is Silent Service the submarine simulation? Now it's not as good as the Three Stooges. It's a little a poorer in graphics and uh, theme and fun. Uh, the screenshots but, don't make, make it look terribly exciting, to be honest. Yeah, this looks like the American version of Nobunaga's Ambition. Like, inst- instead, instead of numbers, we have gauges and dials. And, like, a big <laughs> map. But then it has, like, screenshots where you're just looking at, like, random dudes in the sub doing their job. So you yeah, see someone looking, looking at the periscope from the, from the back. <laughs> you're looking at the guy holding up the periscope instead of just seeing the shit from the periscope. And another one looks like the guy's like either making a sandwich at at a kitchen island or <laughs> yeah, it says studying maps, and it's just a guy like bending over a table. <laughs> this is just fucking sad. And uh, who knows? Hopefully, if we get around to the game, if I ever get around to the game for my uh, for the extra series, I'm hoping to start. I'll gonna I'm gonna try this game out. Well, I'm gonna try all of them, but I'd like to. Uh, See if this game delivers any sort of sub experience, or if it's just going to be subpar. Get Hi-yo. it? Yo. I'd like to see like Sean Connery on there, like telling me to like get the fucking Russians or something. Oh wait, was he a Russian? Who? Yeah, Sean Connery. He, he was in Red October, right? Yeah, was he the Russian? I don't. I don't know. Or was he hunting the Russians? I thought he was hunting the Russians. Well, I know he was in the movie, but I don't know if he was the guy hunting the Russians or if he was the Russian being hunted. We'll have to go back and watch it, clearly. So next up, we've got, um, we talked about this last time, A Boy and His Blob. Get ready for an imaginative and original new game. It's an interesting problem-solving quest with a creative twist. And apparently, I, is not, according to Nintendo Power, isn't as good as The Three Stooges, which is bullshit, yeah. by the way. It's pretty fucking bad. Like, you look at graphics and sound, three. Part of the course. And then play control, solid, definite three, like the lower side of three. Uh, equal challenge, and uh, almost a four for theme and fun. So apparently the Three Stooges was the hot ticket, and it probably should have gotten the course. I don't know. Like, I thought I wanted to play this game, but, you know, if I should be playing the Three Stooges instead. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead and do that. So you could feed the blob different uh, flavored um, jelly beans, and he turns into different things. And um, so, like licorice is ladder, apple. You give him the apple one, he turns into a jack, like a car jack. Apple jacks, get it? Yeah. There's a, you give him a tangerine, turns into a trampoline. Which I can't see here. It just looks like he's jumping on a pile of Cheetos. <laughs> Maybe it's, or like uh, it's just a kid jumping into a pile of leaves because it's fall. He's jumping into a bunch of tang on the ground. 
<laughs> I got, I'm going to get some Tang, just like Daddy said he was going to get. Oh. That's what happens when kids only listen to half a conversation. Uh, the root beer rocket is cool. And then a hummingbird. I don't know why you would need a hummingbird. Like, I guess you need them to, like, get nectar from a flower. And this seems even more useless, but I'm sure it'll have a use in the game. Grape turns them into a wall. You know, I thought it would turn them into an ape. You know, grape ape? Yeah. Well, it's probably copyrighted, right? And if you give him punch, he turns into a hole? Because you punch a hole through something? I, a hole punch? Yeah. yeah. Now, the question is, like, does it only let roadrunners go through but not coyotes? <laughs> uh, they don't really talk about the storyline with this. They just talk about how exciting the game is. It says, an evil king means trouble on Blabonia, uh, Blabolonia, and a blob has come to Earth for a champion. So, killer story, as you can tell. Oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, some blob objects may be used in more than one way. The umbrella can protect you from falling objects or be used as a parachute. Yep, and... Uh... If you yeah, if you place a hole through the skirt, a hole in the street, you can fall into the sewer, and uh, you can take your treasures to the health store to buy vitamins. I don't know why you buy vitamins. I guess you're supposed to feed them jelly beans, but I guess the vitamins are for you. Feed Bob they... <laughs> a tangerine jelly bean for a keen trampoline when treasures seem to be between ledges extreme. I like yeah, that. Just... You're trying to be coy and playable, but you're fucking not. <laughs> I liked it. All right, let's move on. Seven, 720 degrees. Degrees? Yeah. It's a skateboarding game. Yo, skateheads, grab your helmets and boards and hit the streets in Mindscape's new skateboarding game for the NES. Shred asphalt in the streets or try out the four mass cool events to scoop up on some cash for a new board and other equipment. Rad graphics and righteous play control will make this a must for tail sliding, curb jumping skaters. Have you played this game to compare it to Skater Die? I have not. I have never heard of this game. I don't know. It sounds like they're uh, they're really propping this game up to uh, rock. Yeah, they give it up. Even, even though it's only as good as a boy in his blob. Right. Do you have anything else to add about 720 degrees or should we move on? Nope. Let's go. All right. Let's move on to the Guardian Legend. So, this game, I know you haven't played it, but this game is awesome. I'm just playing a little bit of music here in the background. That's just the intro music to the game. So it says, you are the Guardian. This is your legend. I think this is based off an anime. An alien space station the size of a planet and full of evil life forms is hurtling towards Earth. The hostile invader is Naju, a scientific base originally launched for people's peaceful purposes. In its long interstellar voyage, it was overrun by evil invaders, and all but a few of the good beings inside were destroyed. As guardian of Earth, you must invade Naju and activate the self-destruct mechanisms built into the planet. It will take all your fighting skills to succeed. So half this game is you uh, flying a spaceship uh, vertically, kind of like 1943, and uh, you can get power-ups for it and, and whatnot and uh, drop bombs and whatnot. And the other half is you're walking around um, this planet area with like a stick type thing. 
And um, I don't see any. I can barely see any screenshots of this, to be honest, of the game, which is odd. I got plenty of screenshots of. Uh, yeah, you get to see an overhead map, which is neat, like a little compass, because in the top you have in the top middle you have an N of uh, made out of bricks. And then you have like a W in the left, an E on the right, and an S on the bottom. So it's uh, kind of like letting you know where you are so you don't get lost. So it's a neat little, uh, from what I'm looking at, like, oh, there's a space station that's capable of destroying planets, and it's got evil people on it. And then you fly a ship to disable its defenses. It's kind of like the Death Star. And then, just in case you thought the Star Wars references were done, you get to get a weapon called the Saber Laser. Yeah, it's awesome. Or like a sword made out of lasers or something. But yeah, some of the upgrades are for your ship, and some of them are for you when you're walking around. Um, but they've got all kinds of cool upgrades you can get. And then the bad guys um, that you fight against are really kind of scary. So this one has a weird name. They call him Flippa, Flippa, King of the Sea, which is kind of dumb. But sea inside the space station? Hmm. There's a sea in this space station? Yeah. How did he get into the space station then? <laughs> they get into the space station? Yeah, that's, that's the, the intro like, level. You attack, you attack the, uh, you attack it head on, and you land. Yeah, but did, how did he get in? Like, or did did the sh- did the space station fly into the space sea or something? Oh, the entire space station? Oh, I don't know. It's just like a level within the actual world, you know? The, I'm looking at some of the good guys here, and they basically look like the uh, the Adventures of Lolo. You've got, like, the red and blue smiley faces with legs, so, you know, they're just, like, waddling around. I guess these are the... Uh, and uh, these are the good guys giving you tips and stuff? Uh, I don't remember, though, to be honest. Are they, or are they like one of the least intimidating enemies? <laughs> I think they're just supposed to like, it says Red Lander and then it's got like a, I think they're like power-ups, honestly. That, <laughs> it's like Soylent Green is people and power-ups are Lolos. But yeah, I wanted to mention the specific alien at the bottom here. It's like a robotic fish with this big, like a huge jaw with all these sharp teeth that shoots lasers out of his giant red eye at you. Man, he and looks familiar. Badass character design. Yeah, he's like a, a little eel uh, thing. Yeah, so they have a variety of, uh, of, of enemies like this. So yeah, I know you haven't played this game, but I'm telling you, this game is awesome. It looks, it. it looks like it delivers. So, uh, next up we've got Counselor's Corner. And uh, let's get straight into it. Our favorite portion, the Gameplay Counselor Profiles. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got Paul Lang rocking the power mullet, Woo! who uh, str- strangely digs Nobunaga's ambition. So, he, you know, it doesn't make sense because he's into flying computers and weightlifting. But his favorite nest game is, like, the... Number Festival. <laughs> and then we got Chris Dolan, who is way too fucking happy to be here. And, uh... Yeah, he looks like a coked-out wash. Yeah, you gotta dial back the creep factor, buddy. Uh, his favorite game is The Guardian Legends, so 
I don't know. Hopefully that, hopefully that's a redeeming point for him and not an indictment of the game. <laughs> and here we have your namesake, Ben Smith. And uh, he looks like he should be racing cars instead of counseling. <laughs> yep. Or doing a, at least janitorial services. <laughs> then we have uh, Kyle Hudson with a flat top. I mean, it's like a military style, you know, high and tight. It doesn't, it isn't like keep it straight up and down though. It just sort of like he let it grow on the top and then shaved it like just razor cut straight flat on the top. Very odd haircut. Almost like he had a regular yeah, you know head who he and he got like? smushed Jim- on the top. He looks like, he looks like Jim Carrey from Me, Myself and Irene. Oh, I never saw that movie. It's a good movie. It's it's one of his better ones. You should definitely check it out. But he has that haircut in it. Yeah, he looks like that. Nice. And this shady looking character's name, his favorite game is Solomon's Key. <laughs> and his highest game score is Solomon's Key as well. And uh, some of the games covered in here are, are for Strider are like, how do I get through Africa? Well, I, I think that you would start by blessing the rains. That seems to work for some people. <laughs> and then there's Super Dodgeball. Don't go looking for blood diamonds first off. That's your first problem. <laughs> How do I make the power shots? And uh, I'm looking at the sprites here for Super Dodgeball, and it just basically looks like the douchebags from River City Ransom are just deciding to kick back and uh, settle their differences on the court. I think it's the same engine. For sure. Yeah. I, think I, I played Super Dodgeball. I think it's really similar. And then there's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. How do I throw the line? You know, I think Johnny Cash would tell you that walking it is harder. Or you could at least tow the line, right? Oh, yeah. And then we've got uh, classified information after that. Yep, and uh, Pogo Power. And apparently this is like letting you know how to bypass the statue by luring an enemy in so that you can bounce off of him to to get up to the vine. Because, you know, if anyone needs to save money, it's Donald Trump Scrooge. That's right. Like, we need to... That's how you stay rich. Yeah, by not spending by not money. Giving people your friggin' money. Ugh. <laughs> and, uh... Then we see Menacing Minions, which basically just tells you how to beat the, uh, it basically lays out the Robot Masters level, or the, the Wily Force, if you're, if you're going with the, uh, apparent official canon from Nintendo Power. You can see them in the, uh, the, what order they, to, to beat them in, and what order you'll see them in, in their, uh, teleport pat consoles. So, you know, if you have trouble figuring out the last stage of Wily's Castle. There you go. And then there go others games like Faxanadu and Robo Warrior, Ninja Gaiden, Cobra Triangle. But uh, I think we'll just head on to the top thirty, the raddest and the baddest games for your NES. Number one, Mega Man Two. Nothing seems to hold back Mega Man Two. Not Atomic Chickens or Mecha Monkeys or even Doctor Wily himself. Coming in at number two is Super Mario Bros. 2. Number three, Zelda 2 The Adventure of Link. 
Number four, Ninja Gaiden. And number five, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Was there anything surprising for you on the top 30 this time? No, but I'm looking at the uh, icon on the next page for the player's picks. And uh, the, the player has got these bulging, protruding eyes. And he's holding his controller up to his chin like... Like, like elevating the controller is going to change your emotion. And he's like fidgeting and jittering. And this, this looks like what parents think of their gamer kids. Yeah. If you, if you asked a parent, what, like if you asked a parent, what do you think of your kid playing games? This is what they would be describing right here. Right. I, I have a question. Why is at the top of this page... The illustration for displaying how they come up with the top 30, apparently, is uh, a very odd uh, artwork of a horse race going on. Where I it's know. Like the, the, the eyes on the horses are bulging out, and their teeth are gritting, and they're sweating, and like I, the jockeys just look like evil, like whipping the horses. I know. It's like, yeah, it looks like they're... Uh... It looks like they've got, like, one hand on the horse's rein and another hand behind them holding, like, a stick. Like, I don't know if they're stabbing the horse in the ass or something. Yeah, maybe it's, like, a piece of rope that's, like, uh, tied directly to their testicles. <laughs> Go faster. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the jockey version of the emergency brake. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's like you you need to come to a power stop. Yank. That's how you drift. <laughs> okay, now we see video shorts. The first game mentioned is Goal. It's a sports game, so now we're on to Thundercade. <laughs> it is new stop nuclear terrorists. Uh don't know what it is. It looks but, like you're a motorcycle guy, and you yep, have a sidecar that can... So, oh, this is like kind of like a 1943-type game on the ground, and you have like a, a motorcycle, and you can power up and get different sidecars that shoot things out of it. It looks cool. Okay, it looks like a playable game, but next under that is POW, or POW. Well, you went and got yourself captured by the Government of Offensive Network, or Goon. That is the... Really? I mean, that is just... Oh, my... Really? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love language. I love alliteration. I love abbreviation. But that is just fucking sad. (laughs) We're the the organization called Goon. Because, you know, we have no marketing department. This game's actually (laughs) pretty fun. I actually played this... I didn't play this as a kid, but I played this not that long ago. It's fun. It's great. It's a side-scrolling uh, beat-em-up, kind of like Double Dragon. Um, you can get power-ups and weapons and stuff like that. Then we've got uh, Twin Eagles, which uh kind of hard for me to tell the screenshot here what it actually is. Uh, helicopters. It's helicopters, for sure. Maybe two-player, top-down view helicopter game. If it's called Twin Eagles, there better be multiplayer. The twin refers to simultaneous two-player action and the limited continue as a welcome feature. Oh, well, that sounds fun. And next is... Another LGN classic. 
Back to the Future. And I love how it's described here. Young Marty has gone in back into his own past. Really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's his parents' past, as he has not been conceived yet. So it's not his past. <laughs> this is just a fitting description. This hits the mark as much as the game does. So it's a pretty fitting description, I think. Pick up the clocks to slow up time, but avoid well, the bees. They can be a he, pain. Hey, do you remember that from the movie when he was collecting clocks? To, and remember when he wore the black shirt? Because everyone was talking about how his black shirt looked like an orange life preserver in the movie. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Remember when he ever wore those clothes? <laughs> and he will have to negotiate the menacing streets of Hill Valley. Really, this is like the idyllic 50s suburbia. There's only one menace, and like it's Biff Tannen. And that's it. Yep. Next up, we've got Black oh Bass, which uh, is a fishing game. So, moving on. Yep. And Ness Achievers. Uh, it's just a bunch of names telling you how to take a picture of the uh, screen. Have they had this in the, a feature before? I don't remember this. Yeah, I, they, I think they showed it in a previous episode. But if not, it's just telling you. Yeah, they just your, post a bunch of people. People's scores. How to capture your achievement. And then there's like a video game called Xanak, which apparently is where the, I guess you're a pharmaceutical rep in the, uh, in the game. <laughs> Next up, we've got the NES Journal. Yep. And uh, I like this idea. It's a visit to the hospital conjures up visions of boring, sterile surroundings and lots of inactivity while resting in an uncomfortable bed. Some good reading material or daytime television may pass the time but it can be a disagreeable experience, even in the best of hospitals. Well, thanks to the folks at Capcom, dreary hospital visits may be a thing of the past. Through a new community program called the Capcom Children's Corner, Capcom is donating a total of $50,000 worth of video games and computer products to 10 leading hospitals and pediatric wards in California. Each hospital's package will include, among other other computer equipment, three Nintendo Entertainment Systems, a 36-game library, and a hands-free controller. Uh, this is a pretty friggin' sweet idea. I tried looking up research on it, but all I could find was uh, links to this article. So it doesn't look like the program went too far, which I hope is not true. I just hope like people just stop talking about it, which would also just be sad in and of itself, because giving hospitals to kids who are already having a tough, boring time being in an awful, scary, strange place like, having kick-ass video games would just be a great way to, you know, either live out your your last days or to, you know, pass the time until you're home again. Well, there is a spiritual successor to this program. The guy, I don't know if you know this, but the guys from uh, Penny Arcade, the online webcomic, they actually right. started a charity called Child's Play, which does I exactly this. They raise money to... Uh, give video games and video game systems to hospitals for kids to play. Yep, so they kept it alive. They did, yeah. So they, I think they picked up that torch and ran with it, really. It's fans taking care of business that the companies aren't, which is kind of sad, but at least there's some good coming out of it. Right. Uh, next is the Nintendo World Championship. Man, these fucking gamers look evil. 
I mean, look at them, the way they got like sharp fingernails caressing a, a shaking controller, and they're just looking at each other like they're it's like spy versus spy, like he is ready to just undo everything this man has ever done in his life. Like and the way they're sweating profusely, like they're diffusing bombs. It's like, man, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. They basically just talk about how they'll talk about a next uh issue, basically. Like, hey, go check it out kind of thing. Um, and there's going to be a tour around the country. So if you go to your local arena where they have the tour, you can compete for in the quote-unquote world championships. And if you win your local tournaments, you get invited to the um, – I, I they don't say, they don't say where the um, world championships will be held in the end. So it says, check out our January-February issue for the complete tour schedule and details on the contest. So it's basically like more to come. Um, and then there's another section down here. It says, design the new Nintendo Power jersey. Oh, they finally ran out of the damn things. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or Howard's uh, sweated through all of them and they can't give them away anymore. <laughs> Everyone knows and loves the exclusive Nintendo Power jerseys, which are available only through the Players Pool Contest. <laughs> so basically, they said they're running low on design, and it's an opportunity for all inclined people to send in their their art, basically. And uh, it says the winning design will also be considered for the next generation of Nintendo Power jerseys. So basically, they may not actually make a jersey based on your design, which is a complete well, cop out. Just like with Lockarm, hey, design this great and amazing product for us, and then we will do fuck all with it. We'll tell people about it, but we won't actually build it. And by the way, your ideas are now copyrighted Nintendo, so you can never do anything with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't do anything with it, and you won't be able to either. Because that's a great incentive. Right. Uh, next is a fantastic... I, I don't know how the hell they made a TV that big, but that is a fantastic-looking screen for the... Uh, we're looking at the movie The Wizard. On December 14th, Universal City Studios will premiere The Wizard, a movie that's sure to be a blockbuster hit for video game fans. You know, sadly enough, I think this may be one of, if not the best video game movie ever. <laughs> video game movie? <laughs> it was in, like, well, singular? Yeah, well, look at Mortal Kombat <laughs> or uh, anything by Yui Ball. I know it's Uwe Ball, but if he can fuck up a movie, I can fuck up his name. <laughs> Uwe Ball. Yeah. Ball of shit. There, there has been some decent video game movies, but you wouldn't know they were based on video games. Yeah, there was a House of the Dead, or, yeah, wait, no, was it House of the Dead, or uh, Resident Evil? Yeah, the Resident Evil ones took off, but they really have nothing to do with the video games. Yeah, but were they, yeah, do they have anything to do with the video game? No, not really. So as far as video game movies go, comparing to like Super Mario, comparing to the Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. like this is probably one of the best video game movies ever. Well, I've got my fingers crossed for the Assassin's Creed movie coming out at the end of this year. And you heard that there's a Legend of Zelda series coming to Netflix? No, they squashed that rumor. That was a rumor, and Nintendo was like, "No, we're working on something, but we don't no, have to announce anything." Yeah, that would be good. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah well I mean I'd love to see like a daredevil type Zelda I mean like epic sword fights blood gore like sort of like Game of Thrones but without the incest 
Unless it turns out Link and Zelda are brother and sister, and they only find out after they fuck. Ew. But still, like, imagine a Netflix series, like, unrestricted, good budget, Zelda. Like... I seriously doubt they would make it towards adult audiences. I mean, Nintendo's so kid-friendly, there's no way. Yeah, well, Marvel is supposed to be kid-friendly, but they, their, the Daredevil series was pretty damn good. Well, that's suited to that character, though. Link's not like some guy that goes around, like, killing people. You know what well, I mean? Well, he killed Moblins, Octoroks, Dugongs, and Yeah, and they whatever. disappear, and then they turn into, a, a like, a cloud, and there's rupees in the ground. I think they could make that work. You wouldn't have to make it R-rated, but it could be like PG-13 or something. Maybe. Yeah, and uh, we get to see an amazing huge TV that uh, Fred Savage's little brother is standing in front of. I know it's about like Fred Savage, the big star is in the movie, but yet the uh, the focus is on his autistic brother. Focus is not really on him. It's focus. It focuses Fred Savage has to take him across the country in order to win this tournaments and they can win the money and get their family back together or something. It's kind of convoluted, but uh, Armageddon. Yeah. That's where you get to see the guy, the, the bully accurately describe the power glove. It's so bad. It's so bad. And this is the actual first time I think uh, I remember seeing Super Mario brothers three was in this movie. How about you? I didn't even hear about it until I saw this until I saw this movie. And I'm just like, there's a three. And then like uh, Fred's, He's saying, like, get the whistle, like, get get it in the castle. And I'm like, this game hasn't even been released yet. What the fuck are you doing talking about this game? <laughs> get the whistle. <laughs> you, you, you little psychic shit. Right. And uh, there was, like, one scene, like, where it shows, like, the player's progress, but, like, these knights on uh, jousting, like, cavaliers. And, uh, like, I was waiting for that to show up in the game, and I'm just like, Where, where's the horses and shit? Then I realized, like, oh, it's just, like, some graphic to mark their their progress. Right. So they have uh, a uh, celebrity profile with the star, Fred Savage, which is a nice tie-in to this article. And uh, so they talk about him and how he plays um, um, video games on the set uh, with the Wonder Years. And uh, it says, when asked if he ever calls the game counselors, Fred sounded just like any other player as he complained... It's always busy. <laughs> he did oh have, Yeah, can you believe that? Oh, my God. Can Fred Savage get a phone call? I mean, I'm I Fred fucking Savage. Put me through. We can't get the get guy a red phone to call? Yeah. I mean, isn't, isn't there, like, the celebrity phone line I can, I can use so that, like, my call gets through right away? And so or, apparently... Or is Jay Leno uh, tying up that line? He had to. Uh, he, he he couldn't get through enough times that he said says he did have the opportunity to ask, "How do I get the wanted poster in Gunsmoke?" In person recently, when the Nintendo game expert visited the set of his new film, The Wizard. <laughs> so that's that's how Fred Savage. If he can't get through on the phone line because it's busy, I'm just going to become a celebrity and make a multi-million dollar movie so that they will come to me. That's right. Finally, I got this guy where I want him. Dude, how do I get the one poster? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> oh my gosh. It gave him a chance to preview upcoming NES hits like Super Mario Bros. 3. When asked to give his own power meter, he gave it a 5 on 3 in fun, a 4.5 on graphics and sound, but was a little tougher on the challenge and play control. 
he considers himself a pretty fair SMB player, and he made it to World 2-1 in the first weekend. He was able to take the game home. We have news for Fredrik. It only gets tougher. He mentioned that the B-button maneuver was hard to regulate. Overall, he gives it an overwhelming thumbs up and offers this tip for anyone. Watch out for fake bricks in World 2 Level 1. Well, at least it shows that he played it, but uh, no, that's pretty neat. So next up, we got Pack Watch. A look into the future of NES game packs. So we'll get to these more uh, probably when they become previews, but just to mention them real quick, Super Mario Brothers 3, obviously, we have a great deal to talk about. We'll cover more of that in the next issue. There's a typo that I found. Oh, yeah? It's uh, describing in the third paragraph, it says, The worlds are mapped out and shown from an overview perspective with numbered sections that represent stage. I caught that typo, Mr. Phillips. <laughs> Still not as you bad may, as a control dick. <laughs> you may you may have you may have you may have long forgotten, but nothing stays forgotten. That's right. Uh then we've got something called Eight Eyes, which is fairly dark in the screen captures. Kind of looks like a low rent Castlevania. Yeah, and apparently but apparently you can send an eagle to attack enemies. So you know, just the fact that you can summon a bird to attack shit for you, that that's like an interesting uh, mechanic. i got to play that. Right. And then we have and, Abadox, which is a side-scrolling shoot-em-up in space. Yeah. I have seen many ads for this in so many comics of the, uh, of the time. Like, whenever I was reaching, reading Archie books, I would see uh, the word Abadox mentioned. And it always looked like you're playing inside this massive creature and from the screenshot again it looks like you're inside uh, an organic mess <laughs> and then we look at the uh, the gossip which apparently <laughs> apparently someone spilled grandma's ashes and now they've uh, reanimated for some weird side duck thing oh that thing is creepy and it says Asmic recently held a contest to give their mascot a name now, I don't recall it being mentioned in this uh, issue, and we've been pretty thorough in our readings. So apparently they're, uh, they're just answering someone else's letters column now. I guess, the winning, yeah. With the name Bronte. They got big plans for him, and there may be a Game Boy Maze adventure for him in the future. Well, I don't know. If it's made by a player, I know that we're going to get a big thumbs up the asshole, and that we're not going to see the Bronte game. No. We won't hear the name Bronte. You won't see a Bronte game. You won't see a Bronte plush action figure. You will get a big nothing. At best, he'll put out some paper towels, but that's it. <laughs> what? Leave it be. You know, Bronte? Oh, I get a Bronte. Hi, yo. <laughs> Next up, we got some game called Rescue the Embassy Mission, which looks like it has awesome graphics. The sniper is watching uh, a woman change in the uh, her bedroom, apparently, because that's what you do in your downtime when you're waiting for your target. You just like spy on. Yep. <laughs> we see top players tennis. Eh, it, the graphics look decent, and now we have gossip. Apparently, this guy's hiding out in a cannon. Yeah, that's weird. And he's saying like, "It looks like Zex's will be another hot game from Hudson." Although it's gonna, if you're looking, if your game store organizes these things alphabetically, it will be the last game you see. Right. It says it will be another hot game from Hudson. 
It's an adventure through the island of ruins with plenty of characters and different types of areas and tasks. Here's a quick glimpse. And it looks like a, uh, a cocoon or a turd flying over the city. And this very hard-to-see clown standing by some ruins. Looks thrilling. They have Gossip Galore. They talk about adventures in the Magic Kingdom, which is an awesome game. And then there's the California Raisins game, which I had never heard of. Then there's the uh, the Last Starfighter, which is based on a game, based on a movie, based on the game. Right? Is that right? I'd imagine. Then there's Web Worlds. Uh, is that what the, the precursor to the internet? <laughs> <laughs> in Web World, you are a spider that must connect planets, moons, and asteroids in your web while taking on black holes and assorted space creatures. So you have to make a worldwide web. Mm. <laughs> Original. Uh, then we have the Urban Convoy, which sounds uh, like a job. It says Urban Convoy takes a realistic look at cross country trucking. With many different viewpoints, roadmaps, traffic reports, weather conditions, and other true-to-life occurrences. So does that mean you're going to kill hookers across state lines? Well, it definitely means you're going to be uh, <laughs> sitting in a cab for eight hours where you drive across country. You're, it means that you're going to be making uh, – you've got to keep your Preparation H supply up so that you don't get hemorrhoids on the road. <laughs> It means you're going to be finding the, the glory hole the nearest Circle K truck stop. Yeah, you got to make it to the truck stop, and uh, you got to spend like at least like five percent, but no more than fifteen percent of your income on uh, on chicken heads down by the uh, the parking lot. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to fall for this game. This sounds ridiculous. <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh! I got to see how much trucking experience they dump <laughs> this game. And then uh, last up, last but not least, is a game called Captain Skyhawk. And the uh, world of tomorrow. A, it looks like a flight simulator with jets, and the screenshots make it look awesome. Yeah, it looks like it might be playable. So uh, they have an advertisement and, uh, for back issues, and they say what's coming up in the next issue, which is Shadowgate, River City Ransom, yeah. Clash of Demon Head, and Batman. Ba -ba -ba -bum -bum. And then we had the Players Poll Contest. In fourth place, 50 Nintendo Power jerseys. Woo! Uh, <laughs> Third place is the NES Satellite. Now I gotta make three friends and then buy the games for this. Fuck you, you bow-tight bastard. <laughs> and then we have 10 second prizes, $50 gift certificate at the toy store of your choice. Not bad. You're not even going to give us a game. You have to make me leave the house to buy it. You're cheaping out creatively on this. Oh, you think that's lazy? How about the grand prize? A $1,000 value. Just think, your wildest dreams can come true. Just tell us what gift or gifts up to $1,000 you'd like to win, and we'll arrange it. How about <laughs> you I just give me $1,000? Yeah, give me the $1,000. You <laughs> Write me a check, you lazy bastards. Now I have to tell you what to do. Now you're getting lazy, Howard. You're just fucking lazy. Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, this this ended on a bit of a down note, apparently, with the uh, with the abysmal players pull. Unless they give you the thousand dollars, in which case it's one of the best ones ever. Right. 
All right, well, let's wrap this baby up. Hey, everybody, if you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Uh, you can give, like, a little meager donation, help us uh, finance the show, or more endeavors. This is only the beginning. We'd like to find new and amazing ways to entertain you. Uh, you can also rate and review us on iTunes, help people find the show. If you don't want to pay up, that's fine. Just let other people know about the show, and eventually maybe one of them will. Or we'll just keep doing the show for free, but the more money we get, the more we can do for you. And if you want to find other ways to find the show, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, Stitcher, Novex Radio, for Blackberries. You can also find us on YouTube. Yes, we're making a YouTube version of the show. We've only uh, just launched the channel. We've got the first episode up there in case you want to, like, find, play us on your PlayStation and you don't get iTunes on that because, you know, I don't think iTunes is available on the PlayStation 4. But now you can play the podcast on your big screen TV and we hope to add more amazing video elements to it as I learn what the hell to do. So, great things are coming up this year for all you power players and keep listening, tell people about the show, and that's it for uh, me. What about you, Ben? I think that's it for me. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And now you're playing with power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing with power.